the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We show kindness not because of how it will be received, but as a representation of the love of Jesus for the glory of God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I believe God wants you to have a different kind of Christmas this year. In our world, it's characterized by hate and division everywhere we turn. I believe he wants you to be a part of something different, something kind. In fact, that shouldn't be a surprise because that's at the core of the character of our Christian faith. One of my favorite verses of scripture when I learned as a child is Ephesians 4.32. Let's read this aloud together. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Kindness is at the core of Christianity. In fact, kindness is one of the fruit of a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5 describes that fruit. You'll listen as it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness is one of those fruit that we bear if we are filled with God's Spirit. If you are not kind, it makes sense then. You're not walking in the Spirit of God. That's why you'll often hear me say, a Christ follower doesn't have the liberty to be unkind. If I'm going to live life the Jesus way, the Christ-like way, I'm going to live a kind life. So we're trying to be models of kindness during this Christmas season. And we've been seeing this illustrated from the very familiar true story, the account of the birth of Christ in the Gospels. For example, we talked about that innkeeper, innkeeper and we saw how the kindness of one person made room for Jesus. And our lesson that week was simple. A small act of kindness in the name of Jesus can make a big and a lasting impact for the glory of God. And hopefully... There has been somebody in your little corner of the world that has demonstrated a small act of kindness towards you. I pray that that is so. Then we watch the shepherds humbly come and worship Jesus, bringing nothing as far as we know but themselves. And we learned that sometimes it's your presence, not your presence, that demonstrates the kindness of God and glorifies God. 
I've encouraged you to be present this holiday season. Put the phone down. Turn off the TV. Focus on those in your little corner of the world. And then last week we looked at the wise men and these powerful leaders from afar came to Jesus and they taught us something as well. When you hold your treasures loosely, you can give more generously and demonstrate kindness in practical ways, no strings attached. And that's what I've been asking you to do. Um, In fact, we've given you these little cards. We've called them kindness cards. How many of you used a kindness card this week? That's good. Well done. This has been fun, hasn't it? Hopefully it's developed some sort of habits in your life, even if you don't have a card, uh, just an opportunity to do something maybe that someone's not expecting or they don't deserve. We've also asked our small groups, we call them community groups, to be kind to somebody in their world. So I love some of the stories I've heard. One class had someone in the class's neighbor who was about to have the electricity cut off because they couldn't pay their bills. So they caught them up, they paid two months of bills, and then they gave them grocery money. That story is repeated in other classes. One family in our church going through a terrible battle with cancer had a a class from our church show up and demonstrate unparalleled kindness and generosity during the midst of this season. There's one story I especially love that took place this week. One of our ladies was on the way to work and she decided to stop and be healthy. So she went through the drive-thru at Taco Bell and got her $2 burrito and then remembered the kindness card. So she said, let me take care of the person behind me. And the cashier didn't understand at first. She said, yeah, it's it's $17. Are you sure? And she said, yeah, I, I want to do that. Just give her this card. And then she invited the cashier to church. And, and she drove off feeling like she had done the right thing. But as she drove around the store, she recognized there was a lady that looked like she was in need uh, around the dumpster. And so she felt compelled to stop. And she talked to that lady and she said, I don't really have any money on me or anything on me, but I'd love to walk you inside and, and, and buy you breakfast if you'd like. And the lady said yes. And so she walked inside and early in the morning at Taco Bell, it was the same lady at the drive-thru was behind the counter and she walked up and said, uh, you remember me? <laughs> and she held up her $2 burrito and, and the lady behind the counter said, yes, the lady that you paid for just began to cry. She was in tears over what had happened. She was so excited. She was so encouraged. And, and, and she said, well, here, I've, I met a new friend. I'd, I'd like to buy her breakfast. And as she was getting her breakfast, the lady said, you know what I really need is a job. And the lady behind the counter said, well, that's the manager over there. And before they had left, the lady had scheduled an interview and she had an interview on Wednesday and we prayed that she got that job. I'm just telling you, a small act of kindness in the name of Jesus can go a long way for the glory of God. Last week, um, last week we gave away a car in here. Wasn't that cool? Would you like to drive, drop a kindness bomb today? Wouldn't that be fun? So, um, Mandy, can you underscore happy birthday to me just a little bit, and then we'll catch up and I'll sing with you in a moment. Um, there's a gentleman in our church that uh, couldn't be here today. He's not feeling well. And the truth is, 
he's had a rough season. He's had serious health battles that's drastically affected his life. Um, But I think he's watching right now, and he had a birthday this week. His name is Bud Carr. That's Mandy's husband. Let's sing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bud. Happy birthday to you. Bud, we love you, and we're praying that you feel better even today. But Mandy, I'm going to ask you to come out here because you are the recipient, you and Bud, of our kindness bomb today. Would you come on? I just tricked her. She didn't know why she was staying on stage. But Mandy, you all have gone through a difficult season, and your husband, Bud, um, had a double leg amputation, and it's changed everything in your little corner of the world. It's affected you all financially. It's affected you emotionally. It's affected your work schedule. And Bud, the toll on you has been immense and immeasurable. Your loving daddy has moved down here and he lives with you now and is taking good care of you all. And we just wanted you to know that your church family does love you and that we care of you. And I think we've got a small act of kindness That's a gift that we want to express to you. My lovely assistant, Connor, is bringing it out. And we've got a bouquet, not only of flowers, but of some really cool gift cards that'll help you with gas, that'll help you with groceries, that'll help you with food. A lot there. We love you, Mandy. You're awesome. This is God's love to you from us. No strings attached. Merry Christmas. Give God praise. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Well, sometimes we drop a kindness bomb and it's not well received. Have you ever done that? My friend Lucas, he's on our staff. Uh, He's from Argentina and he serves primarily at our Lake Carroll campus. But he was sharing a story this week. He went to uh, a drive-thru And he said, I don't know if it was just the language or what, but they weren't understanding me. And he said, I finally had to raise my voice and say, I want to pay for the car behind me. He said, but then it was too late. Everybody was frustrated. The car behind me was honking, giving me the one way to Jesus sign. I just wasn't even sure. I wasn't even sure if it's going to work. And that's why we remember the truth that is the central truth for today. Here it is. We show kindness, not because of how it will be received, but as a representation of the love of Jesus for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. 
And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Do you ever find yourself doing something and wondering if it was appreciated, if it was understood? Our message from God's word is that God's not so random act of kindness was toward us. And he did that not because of our response. So listen to the word of God from Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us into shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We, we show kindness because God showed kindness to us. And how did God show kindness? Well, he gave us four things that we see in this passage. First, he gives us peace with God. Then he gives us access to God. And then he gives us hope from God. And then he gives us the love of God. That's what we're going to unpack from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 begins with that familiar biblical transition word, therefore. If you've been to church much, you've heard a preacher or a teacher say, anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you have to ask, what is it therefore? And so you can't dive into this chapter without looking at what happened before this. And really, you should go back to the beginning of Romans, where in Romans chapter 1, we're taught that everyone in the world has an opportunity to be aware of who God is. Paul uses these words when he's talking to the church at Rome. You are without excuse. You just look to the creation that God made and you are without excuse. There's no reason for you not knowing who God is. And yet there's something that separates us from God. Now, again, those of us that hang out in places like this often know that we call that sin. When I prepared to talk to my little girl about her relationship with Christ. The most important thing that she understood was this concept of sin. Everybody can accept that Jesus loves me. But a lot of people don't understand that all of us come from a point of sin. The Bible says that since what took place in the garden, every person that's been born has been born with this DNA of sin. Sin is not simply what you do. Sin is who you are. You are a sinner. Sin separates you from God on this side of heaven, and it destines you to a separation from God for eternity if left undealt with. 
And so Paul in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 will say, there is no one righteous, none is righteous, no, not one. He would go on in verse 23 to say, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then he would do something that everyone could understand. He would give them an example, just like illustrations you'll hear in this message or in any time of teaching or preaching. He would give them the illustration in chapter 4 of Abraham. All of chapter 4 of Romans is talking about Abraham. You remember Abraham is the father of Judaism. Abraham is the father of faith. And yet Abraham was a sinner. Abraham had to be made righteous. How is a person who's unrighteous made righteous? Well, it's described in Romans chapter 4 and verse 22 when it says that is why faith was counted to him as righteousness. And so in the Bible, what you're taught is from the beginning to the end, the only way to experience righteousness is not what you do. It's always been through faith. Even though God in the Old Testament used the legal system, it was still a system that was capitalized upon because of faith. Righteousness was counted into Abraham's life, not because he did righteous things, but because he had faith. Please understand, especially this time of the year, it's so significant. That is what separates Christianity from every other world religion. In every other pathway, as people would say to God, you can get to God as a result of what you do, your works. In Buddhism, it's called the Noble Eightfold Path. In Islam, it's called the Five Pillars of Islam. In many religions, it's just your works. You be a good person. You don't drink and you don't chew and you don't go with girls that do. That's legalism, even among those who may have some touches of Christianity in their understanding of faith. But in biblical faith, it's not what you do, it's what's been done for you. It was counted to him as righteousness. But then it goes on in verse 23, but the word, it was counted to him, were not written for his, Abraham's sake alone, but for ours also. So Paul is saying, after the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, faith is how we get to God. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus, our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It's in that background, those words in chapter 4 that Paul says in chapter 5, therefore. So in light of this faith, here's what you get. And what he describes is the unmerited, undeserved, not random act of kindness of God toward every person who's ever lived. So let me just give you those four things you get as a result of God's kindness. As a result of God's kindness, you can have peace with God. Peace with God. One of the consequences of sin is that we're at war with God, right? We're in conflict with God. Because God is holy. Sin is obviously unholy. So sin in us makes us at conflict with God. So a result of God's kindness is that that conflict can go away. You can have peace. You can be in right relationship. Without the relationship of Jesus, you don't even know what peace is. In Romans 3, 17, it says the way of peace they have not known. Yet in Romans 5 verse 1, it says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We have peace with God. How do we have peace with God? Well, Jesus did what you and I couldn't do. He took the punishment for our sin. When he died on the cross, that's what he experienced. Your death and my death. And he lived to tell about it. And because he lived, he defeated death. And he defeated sin. The punishment was taken. And yet he survived it. He experienced peace with God. Peace with God is not about our feelings. This is not describing tranquility. Peace with God is about the fight. The fight that you are born having with God can end because of God's peace through Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? It changes everything. It changes everything. When you have God's peace, that means you no longer have to fear God. I want to hang out here just a second because this is a little confusing as you read God's word. We are taught that even the beginning of wisdom comes from the fear of God. There's an element of godly fear that we live with. But that's really a fear of knowing the awe of God. We, we don't want to miss out on anything of him. We, we want to see him in light of his holiness. But he doesn't want us to live as if we have to hide from his anger. So remember what happened in the Garden of Eden? After Adam and Eve sinned, all of a sudden they recognized, whoa, we don't have any clothes on. And so they began to hide from God. And as they hid from God, they were doing so because of their fear of God. When you have peace with God, you no longer have to have that kind of fear of God. Let me tell you something else you don't have to have. When you have peace with God, you don't have to have fear of death. So Paul would tell the Corinthians, thanks be to Jesus, he's defeated death. A lot of you have been walking through our family. We're having a different Christmas because my dad is just in a a really rough spot. The, The next and best thing for him is his reward in heaven. On this side of heaven, life's pretty crummy right now. And yet, um, as I'm away from him, while I feel sadness, I don't fear his death. And I know this. I know my dad, my hero, my mentor, my friend, he doesn't fear death. Because when you have peace with God, you realize death is not the end. It's like the graduation. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear God. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear death. Listen to this. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear man. Over 25 years in ministry, I would say one of the things that cripples people more than anything else is the fear of man. And the fear of man is always sinful. So how do you know if you're fearing man? Well, are you living as a people pleaser? Just look at the relationships closest to you. In your marriage, in your workplace. We all have good days and bad days. Does it it knock you sideways when someone you care about has a word of even constructive criticism? or, Or when they say something you don't understand or disagree with? Do you live in the fear of man, or maybe it's not people that you love that you're close to. Maybe it's people you work with. Are you always walking on eggshells? That's not the Christ way. If you have peace with God, don't fear man. 
Why would I have peace with God and fear man? But here's a biggie. I don't have to fear God. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear man. And I don't have to fear self. You're your own worst enemy. Listen to me. Nobody's ever going to hurt you worse than you. Nobody. But when I have peace with God, I'm, I'm walking in the grace of God. I have the opportunity to be restored in the right relationship with God. And so I don't fear self. I hope you know, and this is so important as we walk into the holiday season, which is difficult for many people. Peace will never be found in pills. Peace will never be found in power. Peace will never be found in our possessions. Peace will only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.